Hello, superstars. Welcome back to another Overflow episode. You know that we like to create these episodes for our superstars with just the overflow of awesome that we didn't get a chance to talk to you guys about on our regular Friday show. Sometimes it's follow-ups, sometimes it's brand new topics. We haven't gotten one of these out in a a minute or two, (laughs) but here we are. I'm joined by Rebecca today. Hi, Rebecca. Hi. I have been waiting and waiting and waiting (laughs) to be on another overflow. Like, like seriously, I I practically like pushed Kelly aside. It was like, I want to do it. (laughs) I'm desperate. In fact, you even had sick kids this week and Kelly was like, it's fine. I could totally step in. And Rebecca's like, no, who cares? Send this sick kid to school. No, I have have things to say. (laughs) I can't wait to get to that. Um, We have not done one of these in a while. My sister and I were had fully planned to do one in November. And I even told you and Kelly, like, let's don't schedule one for ourselves because Emily and I are going to try to get to those questions we didn't answer in the listener mailbag episode. And just, you know, the way the holidays worked out, plus with my sister being a teacher and she's a department chair, she has a lot of responsibilities. And this is definitely only overflow material. I didn't, didn't even know I was going to include this part of the explanation, but my sister Emily has all, um, also in the past, six months kind of taken overseeing care and guidance for our younger sister, Sarah, who um, is in her late thirties, but she's on the autism spectrum and lives in a facility that is close to Emily. So her weekends have gotten taken up with that. In addition to work responsibilities, all of that to say, we fully did plan to, and maybe someday we'll get to those questions from the listener mailbag episode that we didn't get to. But yeah, it has just taken a while to get schedules aligned. So anyway, Rebecca has the look on her face of a child who just cannot wait to tell you a secret or a thing (laughs) that they are really excited about. (laughs) I have so much to say. Okay. Well, first of all, uh, I want to just provide a little bit of feedback. My big takeaway from the Invisible Labor episode that you did with Kelly has been changing my life, or at least changing my perspective on things. That episode was so good. You guys did such an excellent job. My girlfriends and I have a Voxer chat, and we are like constantly referencing that episode. It has been so good. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. I will say that the biggest thing that I took from that episode was the concept of emotional labor. Mm, it's a real thing. Yes. It's a real thing I had no idea I was doing, but I do it all the time. Yes, ma'am. So I just want to extend a thank you to you, Meg, for exposing that to me, (laughs) for shining (laughs) the light in this darkened room that I did not even know that this was happening in my life. But I have seen so much more of how I how I am carrying. Okay, so if you missed the episode, for sure, go back and listen to it. The entire thing was so good. But Meg was making a point that one of the things that we do is maybe manage the emotions of those that are around us and carry emotional labor. And sometimes, you know, we're best suited for that job and we're fully capable and ready to be there and do it. And maybe sometimes not so much. And that was just so interesting to me as I've thought about some of the things that I have done um, that were all now I can go back and say in the name of caring emotional 
the, the responsibility for other people's emotions. So some of that happens very naturally as the mother to my children. But then I also can see it in extended family and people outside the home where I am like, let's use the example of gifts, right? So I am thinking about gifts for people that maybe it should be my husband's responsibility to really think about those gifts. But I'm thinking about it. I'm thinking about how are we going to honor this person for maybe it's Mother's Day, Father's Day, birthday, Christmas, whatever it is. Like, are really what I'm doing is I'm taking on the emotional labor of making sure that that person is feeling seen, heard, and loved. And I... I just thank you for giving me that label because it has helped me to be able to look at it and and kind of try to decide, is this appropriate for me or should I be passing this off to somebody else? Maybe not even my husband, but maybe this is more somebody else's responsibility. But I think as a big feeler, Mm. I'm really Mm. sensitive to my own emotions and to the emotions of people around me that I really have taken a lot of that on. And so I I haven't even fully, like, I can't tie this up in a bow and say that I have figured this all out, but I now have had this, like, aha moment, thanks to that episode, where I'm able to, now I'm, I'm, like, looking at things and thinking, is this my job? Should it be my job? Do I want it to be my job? If I don't do the job and no one else does the job, is that something that I need to have feelings about? (laughs) Or do I just need to let go of thinking that it's all on me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm so glad that you use that as an example because I think that really – that really speaks to a lot of parts of this is that sometimes we do take these things on to – labor over ourselves. And sometimes I think it is just a process of thinking through it, being kind of meta about it and thinking like, if I stopped doing this emotional labor or whatever the invisible labor is, is everything going to be okay? Is the world going to, you know, keep turning? Am I okay with the consequence of letting go of this, whether that's delegating it to someone else or just saying this just isn't going to get cared about anymore? Yeah. And in some cases, yeah, it's totally fine. What example in our life was I was getting really emotionally distraught about our morning schedule and how often we were running late to get out the door. And I had to sit back and realize like, I am projecting a lot of my own, what's the word? I just, I hate, hate, hate hate to be late to things. Um, especially when it has like a, a start time, like school, like a school day, sure. you know, if it's a late for a, a casual get together, that's one thing. But, um, and I've had that since I was a kid. And so one day I just, just like, I'm just not gonna, I'm just not gonna care. Like I'm going to do everything that I can, my, all the stuff, the normal stuff that I do in the mornings to get everyone out the door. But if we're running late, it really doesn't affect my life that much, you know, 10 or 15 minutes here or there, but I'm not going to carry the emotional weight for making sure that and having all these feelings about what time everybody gets to school. I'm just not going to care about it anymore. (laughs) It was like such an epiphany to me that I didn't have to care about it. And 
ironically, after I stopped being like so tense and crazy about it and just stopped caring somehow along the way, I think it's because I just really was like, I'm, we're, we're leaving it this time. And I just said it, you know, I was able to let go of the emotions of it, let go of the tension around it and be like, the, the van is pulling out of the driveway at 741. If you, if you can't get there, we're going to have to talk about consequences. And then suddenly, I don't know, we just haven't had problems with being late anymore. Perfect. Oh, my word. <laughs> yes. So that's a case where my emotional labor was actually kind of hindering some growth, I think, for my children, especially my teenage daughters, who were the cause of the lateness. Um, so anyway, yes, I think it's a matter of sit- sitting back, thinking about, is this worth the investment of my labor or not? Sometimes it is. Yeah. But yeah. sometimes it might be okay just to let it go. Yeah. So one real practical way that I have done this is um, my in-laws, we get together for Christmas, and they make stockings for everybody. So for the grandkids and their children, us, me included, they would make stockings for everybody. But then – they never had stockings. And it kind of oh. – this was, like, happening for a while. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if, like, some things were said or whatnot. I don't know. But I initiated a couple years ago, maybe we should do stockings for them <laughs> because I felt bad for them. I was taking this on. And so I think for maybe two years – maybe it's been three years – I initiated us doing stockings for them. I used my personal stockings. Like, I didn't buy them stockings. Like, I used the ones I used for my kids. And I told everybody that we were doing it. I found out what people were getting. I kind of felt some responsibility about making sure that there was, like, the stocking was was filled with things, even if, like, they were giving... The siblings were contributing maybe a gift card. But, like, that's one really small thing. Like, I wanted, like... the the stocking to have some bulk to it. You know what I'm saying? I do. So no one wants a skimpy stocking. Yes. And I really (laughs) wanted everything ahead of time. I didn't want to assemble it like at the Christmas because I wanted to be sure that like we had things like in the stockings and like all this stuff. So I was, it was not a hard, it's not a hard job. It's not hard, but I thought a lot about it. And this year I thought, well, I don't think I want to be in charge of this anymore. I don't have to be in charge of this. Like, I'm the daughter-in-law. My yep. husband can be in charge of this. Uh, the other brother, the sister can be in charge of this. I, I don't need to be in charge of this. Mm-hmm. But then I was feeling all these feelings about it. And I was like, but if I don't say something and I don't do it, then it's not going to happen. And then how are they going to feel? And are they going to feel appreciated? Or are they going to feel disappointed and like left out and all these things? So I was like, okay, that's it. I am sending a text message. And this is after I listened to your episode. I said, I'm sending a text message. I sent it to my husband and my brother-in-law and my sister-in-law. And I declared, I am not in charge of stockings this year. If you guys want to do this project, great. But I'm not leading the project. I will contribute. But I'm trying to simply, I'm not going to be in charge this year. And I kind of felt dumb doing that. Because, again, this is not, like, hard. But there was all these, Mm -hmm. like, factors to it. I just didn't want to think about it. Mm -hmm. And so my brother-in-law took it he's like yeah let's do stockings i'll do it do you have the stockings i said "Mm, that's part of the job (laughs) no you'll have to get stockings Mm -hmm. i i'm not giving my i'm not i'm not giving my stockings because they're my kids stockings and i need to take them with me and all anyway and so i did it i passed it off i didn't have to feel this weight of my in-laws emotions about stockings 
Yeah. It just, it was such a small thing, but there, I did it. Thank you. Thank you for that episode. I'm so thankful. I love that you and your Voxer friends group talk about stuff like this in general. I mean, I love that some of it spurred on by sort of awesome, but I think this is, I think that topic in particular is such a good one to talk about with your friends, with family, just to kind of like process out loud what all it is that we're holding on to and what we're working, what kind of work we're doing. And sometimes it's helpful to hear people speak back into your life. Like that's something you actually really could let go and, or you maybe just need support in it. Like I, I'm going to let this go, but I'm really nervous to let it go. So can you, can you hold my hand and cheer me on kind of thing? So I'm so glad Rebecca. Yeah. It was really good episode. Okay. Well, here was a topic I wanted to talk about. I have a feeling this may come up in a regular sort of awesome episode next year. I'm not quite ready for that yet for next year in general (laughs) to talk about it on this show yet. But as somebody who uh, works intimately with me uh, behind the scenes, you know that one of the biggest struggles I've been working through is not even an invisible labor. It's it's one of those like physical labors like Mm -hmm. we talked about on the show. Yeah. Um, Nico is a darling, precious baby, but he is not a good sleeper. He is just like AJ, who's our second child, in that especially like during the day, he doesn't want to sleep because he doesn't want to miss anything. He is so engaged and so curious about what everybody's doing. He's so sensitive to sound. Oh, dear. It's terrible on the weekends when all of the kids are home. Um but in, even when they're, they're not here, he just is not a good napper. And we went through a very, very, and I cannot emphasize this enough, very hard nighttime sleep stretch. Starting about the time he was about four months old, that was around the time he got RSV, was really sick. We had a lot of up at night with coughing and it was bad. And we just never could get back on track after that. Well, a... There's an awesome, she's not a superstar, but she's an awesome. You may have seen her in the hangout group if you're, if you're active in there. She's fairly active in the hangout group. Um, her name is Mandy Hose and she lives in Australia and she's a sleep coach. She helps people solve their family sleep issues with babies or toddlers or even school age kids. And when Nico was born, she kind of lightly touched base and was like, Hey, just know, you know, if you get down the road, you've got some sleep issues. I'm here. I would love to help you just as a thank you for what sort of awesome has brought to my life. Oh, that's so nice. So nice. So I kind of tucked it away. Rebecca, you know me, you've known me for a long time. I have been pretty resistant to the idea of any kind of sleep training, right? any kind of outside sleep help. Um, I had a really like negative experience with that mindset when Daisy, who's almost 15, was a baby. And I just have never, it's just never been part of my sort of parenting ethos. Well, until I got to the point where I was like, I, it's like actually dangerous how sleep deprived I am. I can't do any of my jobs well. And also like I'm responsible for a lot of human lives and I'm really, really not just like, Oh, I could use this another cup of coffee, but like the kind of sleep deprived where it's like physically and mentally dangerous. So this is so not good. <laughs> it's not good. It's not good. 
So serendipitously, Mandy actually messaged me on my personal Instagram account, a response to like a meme I had posted or something. And I was like, Mandy, <laughs> it's funny that you should message me <laughs> right now. This was it. This was when it was at its absolute worst. It was like right before Thanksgiving. And uh, I said, remember how you said you might be able to help if I need some help with sleep coaching down the road? I was like, I need some help. <laughs> so we, at the week of Thanksgiving, we set it up. We had to work together to find, because again, she's in Australia. I'm in Oklahoma City. Find a time when we could meet. She was like, I'll just call you through Instagram. Rebecca, I did not know that you could do that. I didn't know that either. I was like, I kept messaging her like, so I've never talked to someone live through Instagram. So what do I do? And she's like, well, the call should just come through like normal, but it'll be through Instagram. It worked. Wait. I'm not 100% sure how she did it. Do you have to so, approve this? Because I don't want yeah. like random people suddenly calling me up through Instagram. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. I don't know. Can All just, I know you, is it can came you just up- call anybody? Can I call anybody through Instagram? <laughs> I think you can. I know you can do it through Facebook Messenger. That you can call people if if you're there, one of your contacts, and you know Instagram's owned by Facebook, so I don't know if they use the same technology in their messenger. I've not made a call through Instagram messaging, but that's how she called me, and so it was like eight o'clock at night here. It was you know in the morning, the next day for her. And we, so since it's on Instagram, we were able to video chat. So I'm looking at her. She's looking at me. And we, she coached me for an hour, Rebecca. Oh, wow. It was so, so good. I cannot even tell you. And then she sent all these follow-up notes. Um, I will say that sleep coaching and the idea of working with babies on their sleep has changed radically since Stacy was a baby. It's so much more compassionate and empathetic. It takes into account you know, the parents' mental health and well-being. It was so different from what I thought it was going to be. And I'm so glad that I met with her. Um, now, some of the things that I want to implement that she suggested for Nico, I have not been able to do because I need a stretch of time where we're going to have a sort of predictable schedule, which is like never. But um, I'm as soon as my kids go on Christmas break, because that is a big part of our nap issues too, is that we're just out of the house so much with big kid stuff. But as soon as my kids go on Christmas break, I'm going to put these things into um, action to see if by the time they go back from Christmas break, if we can have some of these issues solved. But I just have to say this, you know, just like sort of stepping back to, to have a little bit more universal application. This is one of those situations where I had to confront like think about thinking about things. I had to confront that I had told myself the story and was believing the story that I am not a parent who can do any kind of sleep training and was just really resistant to it until I was almost like broken with sleep deprivation and had to be like, what if I was the kind of parent who could handle some sleep training? What if, what if we tried it? And being able to kind of rewrite the story that I've been believing about myself in this one part of my life, this, you know, this one part of my identity as a parent, like, what if I let go of that? And what if I tried something new? And I told Mandy, and this is, and I've told several people this, when I've talked about the problems we've been having with sleep is I really felt embarrassed that I had my fifth baby, my fifth baby, and I survived twins and I could not figure out the sleep situation. And Mandy was like so compassionate about that. It's those darn babies. 
It doesn't matter. It's not (laughs) you. They're the crazy ones. (laughs) It's true. It's true. And, you know, she, when she was coaching me, she said, you know, every baby is born into a different family, even in the same family. Like, you know. (gasps) That's so so profound. Oh, my word. Yeah. Like when Daisy was born and she was our oldest, all I had to do in my entire, I was a stay at home mom. Oh, my word. All I had to do was parent her. But then by the time Nico comes along, it is a radically different family than when I was first being formed into a mother. Yes. Yes. So I, that was really profound for me. Um, anyway, just being able to have the courage to say, I'm embarrassed. I've never thought this was a path I was going to take, even though I fully understand lots and lots and lots of my friends have done various kinds of sleep training through the years. And I've understood you know, that's great. And I'm glad it's been helpful for you. It wasn't like a, I didn't think I was like having to make a big moral decision. I hope everybody understands what I'm saying. <laughs> like, I just did not think it was something that I could pursue. Well, and so, and when you yeah. say sleep training, I think most people jump to like cry it out. Right, exactly. And so you're saying that this Mandy gave you some tools, maybe beyond cry it out or like even a more gentle approach, something that you ultimately just felt more comfortable with. You basically, there is some crying to it, but you don't leave the baby. It's, I can't, she has a very specific phrase and I could go back to my notes and find it. Basically you just, it's, it's compassionate in the sense that you stay with them and you kind of help them, especially at Nico's age. He's just barely, he'll be six months next week. Um, which is, would be different than like if it was a toddler and it's certainly different if you're mm-hmm. working with an older kid, Yeah, but it's more like you stay there to comfort, but you're also kind of teaching them like, okay, this is, this is how you are going to be soothing back to sleep. And so anyway, there's so many ways it was so different than what I thought it was going to be. And it was just really good. So if you are, you know, like me and you find yourself in a position where you're like, I need help or I didn't think I would ever be pursuing this, but here I am pursuing this. Just know, like, I will come and sit next to you on the couch and you can tell me all about it. And I will be like, girl, I have been there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so are you feeling better? Like you, it, I do. it sounds like things are not where you necessarily want them to be. You still have some steps right. yet to take, but yeah. Ha- has thing have things improved at all? I will I will say one thing, and I, and all of my babies have been like this. None of them have had really great organized sleep until they're about six months old. Um, I will say we are catching some longer naps um, during the day. Nighttime sleep has gotten radically better, and I haven't had to do any of the the crying work yet. I do think that I will work on that over break because. I want to get to a span where I can have like a good four hour chunk of not being awakened at night. But there are, yeah, that's like a really good goal. Goodness. Meg, holy cow. Yeah. (laughs) But we have had a few nights like that. And I also know like, you know, it's kind of with babies, it's one step forward, two steps back in a lot of ways. Yeah. And he's like having a lot of developmental changes in this first year. It's just, yeah, the whole thing. It's just a a lot lot more complicated than just like laying the baby down and walking away. Exactly. It's a lot. But I do, one of the biggest things is her, just meeting with her, her approach to everything was so empowering. And I had Mm. really, really gotten to a point where I just felt 
powerless yeah. and helpless. And so even having somebody come alongside me and be like, you can totally do this. And here's what it's going to look like. And I'm here to support you. And it's, we're going to get through this. I just and needed someone to do that in a professional capacity. Yes. And she was amazing. So wonderful. Yeah. That's so good. Goodness. That's so great. And like I said, I think I may even have her on the show. I mean, it's really hard with her being in Australia, but I, I want to see if we can work out a way because she just had some really great parenting wisdom to share, too, in general. So, Well, sure. Yeah. And if she coaches beyond babies, too, it would be interesting to hear what she has to say about yes. sleep for all of us. That's right. That's yeah. right. Okay, Rebecca. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> Oh my goodness, guys. Okay. So that was my cue. <laughs> that was my introduction. That was mm-hmm. Meg saying, okay, open up the floodgates. You're free. Say what all the things you have to say. <laughs> open up those cute British boy floodgates. Okay, guys, here's the deal. I didn't even look it up. I, I, I failed to even look it up, but my awesome of the week past this past fall was falling into a major obsession over One Direction and specifically Harry Styles. I have wanted to get on an overflow and gush about this ever since then. I have so many things to say. The reason why we're saving it for... This is the last thing that we're talking about. Because I recognize I am a crazy person. (laughs) There are going to be plenty of people... Or like, I don't want to listen to this grown woman uh-huh. talk about a boy band member. I'm done. I'm out. So if you're, that's fine. If 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 this isn't your cup of tea, uh, you can <laughs> y- you can move along. But I, guys, I have some words that I have got to share, and I just hope that you will appreciate um, my superpower at being really obsessed. I, it is a superpower. You know, I fully endorse and believe in love what you love. Yeah. You love Harry Styles. I do. Oh, man. From a distance. Yes. Well, yes, from a distance. Of course. I'm not like, what? Maybe when you talked about so being far. able to call through Instagram, I might have thought, is this an option for me? <laughs> that that may have been where my mind went. Oh, my gosh. Um Okay. Yep. I promise right. I'm not going to call him through Instagram. But. I'm like, I'm like thinking to myself, should I? Is this a, is this where I text Nate and be like, heads up? <laughs> okay. So my husband is amazing. He's the best. He's not threatened. Yeah. It's, he doesn't need to be threatened. It's not like of course. That. But of course, okay. Of course. So here are some things I have to talk about. Okay. <sighs> okay. I just want to say that falling. For One Direction and Harry Styles and all of that in this previous fall had to have been one of the best times ever to get obsessed with a boy band. Because, okay, just a little recall here. You guys, the band isn't even together anymore. They're doing solo careers. I was able to binge all this One Direction content and music. I was then able to binge all of this Harry Styles solo debut album content that he released in 2017. And by the time that this Overflow is out. His second album has dropped. He's been like releasing singles and music videos and doing performances. And guys, it has been a glorious three months. I just. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's been so good. Okay, here's a problem Wait. that I'm having. <laughs> Are you crying? No, but I really could. Okay. I, I, okay. I might. At some point, I really might. I almost cried earlier today. Here's, here's a problem. The, I don't really believe in karma, but oh, karma is coming back for me big time. In 2017, no, 2018, it doesn't matter. The Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles, went to the Super Bowl. My husband is a diehard Philadelphia. <laughs> I just had a stroke there. Philadelphia <laughs> sports fanatic. He loves okay. all Philadelphia sports. He okay. was so upset that the Eagles were going to the Super Bowl because we were at we were going to be at a resort with my family in the Dominican Republic. We had planned this like way in advance. My parents took us as a 50th wedding anniversary trip. It was amazing. And he was so sad that he was going to miss the Super Bowl. We kept trying to figure out if he was going to be able to watch it while we were there. He was. It turned out to be fine. He had a great experience. But the leading up to it, he could not believe he was going to be missing the Eagles in the Super Bowl. And I kept, I was almost like insulted. I was like, okay. But please tell me that you're actually excited to be going on this free vacation to an all-inclusive resort with me. Like, yes. please tell me that if you had the choice that you would be choosing the vacation over the Eagles. I was so upset. Guys, Harry Styles is going on a world tour. He's going to be in Philadelphia. And I am going to be out of the country. And I am so so mad. Oh, Rebecca, you may not believe in karma, but karma believes in you. <laughs> I am so upset. I, oh my gosh, that is the worst. It, but also, yeah, it's it's so funny that this already happened in your marriage just to Nate already. So <laughs> I I don't know what to do about it. I keep thinking about it. Tickets are like no joke, like at least a hundred dollars. Like I would probably pay like a hundred and fifty dollars or more. I mean, and those are like for like way high up seats. They're not good seats. But and I'm pretty frugal. But I have convinced myself that if I was here, if I was in the country, if I was in Pennsylvania, I would be at that show. Mm-hmm. And so it is like maddening to me that he is going to be so close, and I'm not going to be able to go. Um, he's also going to Washington, D.C., which is close enough that I could go to. I will still be gone. Um, he is going to Pittsburgh. He's going to New York City. Both of those I could drive to, and I am considering it. And earlier today, I was on my phone looking at ticket prices, and my husband walks in. He says, what are you doing? <laughs> and I had to admit to him, I'm looking to see how much Harry's tickets cost to New York City, because maybe uh-huh. I could go there. And he's just like, okay. <laughs> he's so supportive. But guys, I am a grown woman. I cannot drop like $500 oh. to go. I mean, because it would be like the tickets. It would be the yeah. travel. If I'm going to New York or I'm going to Pittsburgh, I probably need a hotel. I can't drive like three hours back home, like after a concert lets out. Like, I, I can't. I would need to. I want somebody to go with me. I have a girlfriend who says that she'll go. But if I only if I pay for a ticket, I cannot spend five hundred dollars on this stupid obsession. <laughs> That's where it crosses the line for you. Like consuming all of the YouTube content and the internet articles, that's all basically free to you. But five hundred dollars, it's 
There's a there's a price. I mean, tag that's crazy. That that that's like. Uh, or is it? That's something that he says in his concerts. Oh my goodness, I have a problem. <laughs> I have a problem. Okay, I also have another problem. Okay, right. another Harry problem. Uh, his style has changed drastically since he was in One Direction. And I'm having a little bit of a hard time adjusting to it. And I just need to throw that out there. I just need to say that I don't necessarily love it. I also, like, I don't know. His his style is just changed to be very androgynous he's wearing like really high-waisted suits with like big pant legs and like boots with heels on them he's been wearing a pearl necklace uh, recently I i just like it's just not quite working for me i support harry but like i <sighs> rebecca you gotta let harry love what he loves I... okay <laughs> I'm just having a little bit of a hard time, and I feel like I don't have anybody in my life that I can, like, tell this to. That I'm like, I really, I miss some of his old style. I'm having a bit of a hard time. Yeah. Change is hard. Change is is hard. Change is hard, especially when it's to something that you don't like. That's Well, like, I don't mind pearl necklaces. Uh, No, I don't. I don't like pearl necklaces, even on women. I don't think I like them. Uh, it's just, it's a thing. I'm I'm just kind of growing through it a little bit. I'm tearing up. Yeah. It's a hard I struggle. Can, I see this. Okay, yeah. I have another thing to say. <laughs> oh my, okay. I know, I warned you. I have a lot to say. So, when I... <laughs> when I gave um, Harry's debut album as my Awesome of the Week, I had an awesome reach out to me, and I, I'm so sorry, I forget who it was. And she said to me, Oh, my goodness, when you started talking, I thought you were going to say your awesome of the week was this book that was inspired by Harry Styles. Yes. So I didn't even respond to her. I immediately went to the library's website and requested it. And then later, once I got it, I came back and I said, hey, I got it. I read the book. Guys, this book is so good, but it is super spicy. Like, Mm -hmm. I wanted to share it as my awesome read of the year for our year-end show, and I just felt so conflicted about that. I just couldn't. So It was just too spicy. It was too spicy. It's really spicy. Yeah. I just... uh, So it's an open-door romance, which means you're there for everything. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I have conflicting feelings about that. Was this your first open-door romance? No, it wasn't. Oh, okay. Oh. You're surprising me, Miss Mennonite Girl from Uh. Pennsylvania. (laughs) Meg! (laughs) No, I know you better than that. Uh, I've shared tastes another way. Well, I know. But, like, I just felt like this is maybe too scandalous to share, so I'm sharing it with all of you. So if you are judging me from... Your earbuds, so be it. I, I just okay. The book is called "The Idea of You." It is by Robin Lee. She was inspired by One Direction and Harry Styles. The main character is based off of Harry, as well as several other people. But he was one of the inspirations for the book. <clears throat> it is about a woman in her forties who takes her daughter to a boy band concert and backstage meet and greet. And the one of the band members ends up, like, inviting her to lunch. It moves beyond lunch. 
suddenly they're in love. It's like a whole thing. And so there's all these, excuse me, there's all these dynamics of this big age difference and what that means, as well as dynamics of the daughter being yes. really infatuated with this guy who suddenly is like dating her mom and like how does all that work? Right. There's like all these different layers. Also, like the long distance because he's touring. And so what does that look like? There's like all these different layers and components to it. It was really a good read and really fast. I read the entire book. I finished it. The next day I immediately started rereading it because I was like, okay. Back up. I need to, like, relive. How did this go from lunch to where it went? Like, I just need to relive this again. I've listened to podcasts about the book. Guys, when I'm, like, really – when I obsess about something, I – It's all the way. Yeah, all the way. I'm really good at it. Um, I have recommended it to friends. It's just – it's a – it was a really good book. I can't say anything more about it, but if you have read it – if you want to talk about it, I'm here. Um, find me. <laughs> I need to read it now that you know you and I were just talking about my renewed library membership. Also, do you remember like one of the things that we talked about in the past was my conflictedness about reading romance books? Was this me and you? I don't think we so. talked about this. Maybe I don't remember. This has been a while back when I very first started reading romances. I can't remember who I was talking to, or was this real life? I can't. Maybe. What is real life anymore? I feel like it was on the show because we, this is a thing that comes up is like, I love to read books on my Kindle, but then I feel uncomfortable having all these romance books on my Kindle where my girls, because we all have, like, we all just share our family account. And, so, but now I'm like, hmm, library, let's see if I can find the idea of you and I'll read it and then you and I can obsess over it. I, Meg, I could do a whole show about that book, except that apparently I'm too chicken to say that I read such a spicy <laughs> book on the main episode. <sighs> okay. Indeed. Okay. okay. So have I said all I need to say? It's a glorious time to be obsessed. It's like the per- most perfect time. Oh, so right after I finished the idea of you, it was like the next day. I went onto Harry's Instagram, uh, no, his Twitter, just to see if he had posted anything because he hadn't posted anything in like months and months. And he had posted that iconic tweet, do. It was yes. like he knew I needed to hear from him after finishing the book. Okay, I've talked about the book. I've talked about my complete grief over not being able to go to the concert and still I'm still yes. trying to figure that out. I yeah. I've talked about that I'm struggling with the pearls. Okay, I I think I've said everything I need to say. Okay. <laughs> wow, that was a lot. I'm glad though. I'm fully supporting that you have a thing to obsess about. It's good. Well, it's and good. It's, it's a good I, distraction. Can I also just make this very clear? This is not just like a weird crush thing that's like, yeah, whatever. Like, I really like the music. I really do. I'm yeah. really in, in, impressed. I, and I will say that the second album, I like his performances live better than I like the studio versions. It, sure. He has some, like, voice effects on one of his songs in particular, Lights Up, that I was like, what? what is this? This is just so- – it's very different from his first album. But anyway. Okay. 
Well, it sounds like Meg and I have gotten disconnected, so I will stop my incessant rambling about Harry Styles. <laughs> and thank you, superstars, again for supporting us in the show. Your support means the world to us. Of course, you can find us on social media and in the exclusive Facebook group for the superstar supporters to talk to us about any of these things that we talked about here today. Please do come talk to me all about my obsession. I I need more people in my life to listen to my words. Thank you for sticking with us. Thank you for your support. And we will see y'all next time. Bye.